Be Wealthy and Smart, episode 552. into a world of wealth and financial freedom without budgets, boredom, or bosses on Be Wealthy and Smart. And now, here's your host, Linda P. Jones. Welcome to Be Wealthy and Smart. I'm Linda P. Jones, America's Wealth Mentor, empowering women and men worldwide to financial freedom. On today's show, we're going to talk about, is it time to buy an electric car? And this is something that has crossed my mind in the past. I've been thinking, does it make sense to buy an electric car, especially since there are tax incentives to do so? Is it really less expensive to own an electric car? What about not having a lot of places to recharge your car battery? All of these questions, and I really haven't done a lot of research about this. Maybe you have, but I really haven't. And I thought in the chance that maybe you haven't, I thought it would be a good time to talk about it on the podcast because after all, it is a big economic decision to decide which car you're going to buy. And if it's time to buy electric, then which model do you buy? And should you take advantage of those tax incentives? Is it worth it? Are there downsides? So all these questions were in my mind and I thought, well, maybe you're thinking about them too. And I found an article on cnbc.com that talked about some of these things and I thought I would share it with you because they did a pretty good job considering a lot of the same questions. And it was written by Lori Konish and she called it, can you save money and the planet by owning a Tesla or another electric car? And she has three bullet points. It says electric vehicles have a small but growing share of the auto market. The second bullet point says in 2018, Tesla dominated electric vehicle sales with 79%, mostly due to the debut of the Model 3. And the third bullet point says, as 20% of consumers consider going electric for their next vehicle purchase, there are some key tax and other financial considerations to keep in mind. Well, I thought that was interesting right there to hear that 20% of consumers are already considering going electric. I'm not typically an early adopter on technology. A few things I have been, but most things I'm really not right on the cutting edge, I have to admit. And so it was interesting to hear that 20% have been considering an electric car purchase. I don't know exactly what percentage already own electric cars. That would be interesting to note too. But here is the article. It says, you've probably heard of the Nissan Leaf, Chevrolet Bolt, and Tesla Model 3. And most car companies, if they are not selling an electric vehicle, are working on bringing one to market. But consumers in the market for new cars have a right to ask, are we there yet? When it comes to whether it makes sense to own an electric vehicle, both for financial and environmental reasons. Electric vehicles nearly doubled their market share from 2017 to 2018, according to car research company Edmunds. Still, they represent a small portion of the market. Electric vehicles, including plug-in hybrid cars, accounted for 2% of vehicle sales last year, up from 1.1% in 2017. 
So I just wanna pause there and say, this sounds like it's a lot more on the early adopter side than I even expected. I thought there were bigger sales, bigger numbers of sales and a bigger market share right now for hybrids and electric vehicles. So that really kind of surprises me. The article goes on to say, much of that jump can be attributed to Tesla's cars, which represented 79% of pure electric vehicle sales in 2018, according to Edmunds. The Model 3 was in the lead, with 59% of electric vehicle sales. While the current market share might seem low, that could be poised to change. Travel organization AAA has found that 20% of individuals indicated this year that they plan to consider an electric vehicle when purchasing their next car. That is up from 15% last year. We do believe the future is electric, Greg Brannon, director of automotive engineering and industry relations at AAA said. How quickly that transformation happens will depend on factors including gas prices, which often drive alternative vehicle sales, as well as the choices available to consumers, Brannon said. For consumers considering an electric vehicle now, they need to weigh the advantages and growing pains that come with acquiring these emerging products. First is tax credits. Consumers who buy an electric vehicle are currently eligible for up to $7,500 in tax credits. But those credits have started to phase out for some brands. Once automakers have sold more than 200,000 units, their tax credits are reduced. For Tesla, for example, the tax credit was cut in half on January 1st and is scheduled to be cut in half again on July 1st. But a congressional bill proposed last week aims to put a halt to those cuts. The bipartisan legislation from Representative Dan Kildee, Democrat Michigan, and Senators Debbie Stabenow, Democrat Michigan, and Lamar Alexander, Republican Tennessee, Gary Peters, Democrat Michigan, and Susan Collins, Republican Maine, would extend the tax credits to an additional 400,000 electric vehicles per manufacturer. So I want to pause there and just make sure that you understand the difference between a tax credit and a tax deduction because there's an enormous difference between the two and it's very, very important that you understand the difference. So a tax deduction is normally something that you deduct from your income that reduces your income so that ultimately you have a lower income and therefore hopefully have a lower income tax rate. But a tax credit is dollar for dollar against the taxes that you are to pay. So if you had to pay $10,000 in income tax, but you had a $7,500 tax credit, that would mean you would subtract the $7,500 from the $10,000 in tax that you owe, and it would reduce your actual tax, not your income, but your actual tax. So a tax credit is much, much more valuable than a tax deduction. So I wanted to make that point really clear that these tax credits are actual credits against the tax that you owe. That's why they are extremely valuable and much, much more important than a tax deduction in the tax code. The article goes on to say, reduced tax credits have been a huge deterrent for purchasing these vehicles, said Dan Ives, managing director at Wedbush. If this legislation came through, it would be a huge shot in the arm for Tesla, I've said. The only way to reach widespread adoption, 70% of all vehicles by 2023 or 2024, is to have these kinds of subsidies in place, he said. The next section is called charging costs. 
Prospective electric vehicle owners may assume that once they cut their ties to gasoline, they are free from the costs and guilt associated with it. But that is not entirely the case, according to experts. A big issue with owning an electric vehicle is charging. As models have advanced, the miles of range, or how far you can drive before you recharge it, has extended. Now, consumers can expect new models to last for 200 miles or more, according to Eric Ibarra, Director of Residual Values at Kelly Blue Book. So I just want to pause there and say, you know, some of the problems with the early electric vehicles or hybrid vehicles were that they couldn't go very far. And then also that you had to recharge them pretty quickly. And nobody wanted to run out of power with their electric vehicle. The article gives a chart here of operating costs by vehicle. It mentions fuel, maintenance, repair, and tires, and costs per mile, and shows the difference between a small sedan, a medium sedan, a large sedan, and a hybrid vehicle. And basically, it shows the large sedan is the most expensive, and the hybrid vehicle is the least expensive, with the cost per mile average on a large sedan being 20.99 cents per mile, and on a hybrid vehicle, 13.19 cents per mile. Now, it doesn't show a pure electric car, just a hybrid. So I would imagine a pure electric car would be even cheaper per mile than that. The article goes on to say, but depending on the model you drive, your transportability could be limited. A nightmare scenario is you're stuck in traffic on the freeway and your battery dies and you need to call a tow truck, Ibarra said. Tesla is addressing that issue by putting charging stations across the country, but those stations are only compatible with its cars. Companies such as Electrify America and ChargePoint are also establishing charging stations that work with other car brands, but using these services will cost you, experts warn. It's gotten very expensive to publicly charge an electric vehicle, said Sam Jaffe, managing director at Karen ERA. Tesla used to give it away for free, they don't with the Model 3, and with other networks, you're paying a lot. Fully charging your battery, depending on your model, could take anywhere from 40 minutes to 8 hours. Then the article has another chart of ownership costs by vehicle, and it includes things like full coverage insurance, license registration and taxes, depreciation, finance charge, cost per year, and cost per day. On this chart, it's showing that actually a small sedan is less expensive than a hybrid vehicle when looking at the things I just mentioned. The article goes on to say, meanwhile, many people are turning to electric vehicles as a more environmentally friendly option, but in some respects, electric cars can be just as bad for the environment as traditional cars, experts say. There's no question that electric vehicles are not environmentally neutral, said Jack Gillis, executive director of the Consumer Federation of America and author of The Car Book. While less emissions are produced by the cars themselves while driving on the streets, carbon dioxide is still being emitted by power plants to charge the electric cars, Gillis said. And the next category is resale value. One catch that comes with buying an electric vehicle is that it can be difficult to sell. That is particularly because the tax credits are only available to the first owners. And because the technology is evolving quickly, electric vehicle owners may be eager to upgrade. A first-generation Nissan LEAF, which was introduced in 2010, had a range of about 85 miles, according to Ron Montoya, Senior Consumer Advice Editor at Edmunds, while today's model has about two times as much, 
These older models are available on the used car market, he said. People always want the most range they can get, so you're going to want to lean toward a newer purchase, Montoya said. And then it gives a vehicle type and annual cost based on 15,000 miles driven annually and shows the small sedan being the cheapest, next the hybrid, then a small SUV, electric vehicle, medium sedan, minivan, medium SUV, large sedan pickup truck, and an average. So the small sedan annual cost is about $6,777. The hybrid, $7,485 per year. And then the average of all of those, $8,849. It goes on to say another alternative is leasing, which may be attractive to consumers who are not sure if they want to commit to switching the type of car they drive, he said. By doing the lease, they may feel, well, in three years, if I don't like it, I'll go back to a gas engine vehicle, Ibarra said. It mentally makes it a little more palatable. Some consumers, however, are willing to wait. That goes for Brian Wogamuth of Indiana, who has test-driven a Tesla and liked it, but found it impractical for his family, which includes nine grandkids. A Model 3 would cost him twice as much as a newer SUV, he said, and a Tesla Model X would cost more than his house payment, and other electric vehicle brands do not compare. Tesla's features are a decade ahead of all other automotive manufacturers, Wolgamuth said. End of article. Well, that covered a lot of interesting topics. For me, it says that right now, it's not a lot cheaper to drive an electric car. Of course, they're giving you some tax incentives to do it. So if you are going to do it, this probably is a good time to try. On the other hand, since technology is going to be improving over the years, just realize that once you buy it, it is going to be more difficult to sell it. And you'll probably take a big hit in terms of depreciation on your car since the new buyer is not going to be getting the tax credits. It makes it difficult because technology changes so quickly and models can be upgraded over time with new technology so that older models get outdated pretty easily. And that's difficult too, because if you continuously want to be able to drive farther and have additional benefits of new technology, then you're gonna have to buy the newer models. So when is the right time to actually jump in and buy? I really don't know. Since I don't drive a whole lot of miles, it's not really a big issue for me. But some people who commute a lot, it might be a big issue to you because just the gas savings on the car could be quite dramatic. At least this article gives you some food for thought and a baseline to answer some of the questions you might have and to give you a basis to do additional research. That's all for today. Until next time, live the good life and be wealthy and smart. Thank you for listening to Be Wealthy and Smart with Linda P. Jones. Share the wealth and tell your family and friends about the show. Check out our website, blog, and social media for more riches at www.bewealthyandsmart.com.